and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. We hope you and yours enjoyed the uh, Easter weekend, and I know we did at the Flint household. We had a beautiful Resurrection Sunday and a fine Easter celebration. The weather was beautiful, and it's going to get even nicer by week's end. So we hope you and yours are back ready to go. I know a lot of the kids are off from school this week. I know I'm going to take a couple of days off at week's end. It's just been unbelievably beautiful, the weather. And there wasn't a lot to talk about, frankly, Monday of this week, the day after Easter. And somebody mentioned Trump is going to be back in New York this week to answer more of these uh, charges, election tampering, whatever he's being charged with. No crimes were listed in the indictment. And Alvin Bragg, the DA prosecuting the case, said that by law, they don't have to be. I don't know that to be the case. I'm not a lawyer. But this case against Trump is just absolutely uh, made up. There are no crimes committed. Paying hush money to a porn star. We've been through this. I'm tired of hearing about it, frankly. But why are these people, these American Marxists, as Mark Levin calls them, and that's really who they are. They're Marxists. Why are they so hell-bent on destroying Trump? They're all Democrats. Most of them. There are some Republicans included, but Bragg's a Democrat. Letitia James, the attorney general here in New York State. They should, these people should be disbarred. These are the same Democrats, some of them, who want to eliminate the Electoral College. They're eviscerating the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. They would if we'd let them, but we won't let them. The Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, they just, they trash the Constitution. They hate Trump. We're living almost under a tyranny. And Trump stands for everything that an American president should stand for. Sound money, a strong military, someone who supports our police forces, or border security. We, We want a secure border. Energy independence. We had that when Trump was in office. These are the things Trump stands for. A secure border, energy independence, a strong military, sound money. You know, the Democrats, the liberals... Just the opposite. They have a totally different vision for America. And it's not one that I would like to see happen here. I know you would agree. Most of you listening to this would agree. We are undergoing a Marxist revolution in America. I'm not the only person saying it. There are many more uh, who have a far uh, far broader voice in this, in this fight than, than do I, right now anyway. I mean, everything in this country that's happening is just... It's detrimental to the health of the nation. Gas prices on the increase again. They're creeping up towards $4 as we head to the good weather. I mean, an American president is under arrest, facing indictment. I mean, it's just unbelievable what's happening here. And only, you know, and I I kind of waver on Trump. You know, some people are saying, well, he he did his time in office. We we need to get by him. We need to look to the future. He's 76 years old. I mean, uh, Ron DeSantis... Florida governor, he's 44, and and so on and so forth. But I think Trump is the only person who can fight this fight. It's being waged against him, but he would say it's being waged against us, against America and Americans. And he's standing in the way. He's done a two-minute commercial for himself, or somebody's done it for him. He said, look, I, you know, they're after you. I'm just in the way, and I always will be is how he ends it. That's why 
um, for Trump. People who are not supportive of Donald Trump, they can't understand why anybody would be. If you look back to 2016, and I see a lot of this being repeated, there were 17 primary rivals of President Trump. You know, Jeb, uh, Jeb Bush and John Kasich, and uh, and by the way, they, they are the, the two who did the worst of anybody. Carly Fiorina, nobody mentions Carly Fiorina anymore. Or Marco Rubio, he, his, his campaign was going pretty well until Trump called him Little Marco, and that was the end of him. And he made fun of Rubio for the way he drank water and the way John Kasich ate pizza. Jim Gilmore, another one. All these, Gilmore, Bush, and Kasich were all members of the establishment. They were the first ones out. And the last three out were Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and, and Rand Paul. Ted Cruz especially. He was the final one to, to bow out. But, I mean, Trump was just unbelievable. He just mowed them down one by one. And, you know, Cruz and Rubio and Paul are not running for president. That should signal something to the party. Why aren't they running for president? They're all in their prime. They're all very, they're relatively young. I think uh, Paul's 57. There's a reason. There is a reason they're not running for president. All three of these senators are leading committees that are pushing America first agenda items. They are doing Trump's work in the Senate, Cruz, uh, Paul, and Rubio. They got Nikki Haley's in the mix, and you get Pompeo may jump into the race, Mike Pence. The more the merrier, the more the better for Trump. Now, I'm hearing all kinds of different scenarios. The Democrats want Trump to get the nomination because they think they can beat him with Biden or whoever's around in two years. Uh, I'm not sure that's the case. There was a piece here by uh, Kevin McCullough written earlier this week. I think it was on World Net Daily. And he said uh, the only way that the Dems are going to keep him, Trump, out of the Oval Office is if they would jail him. And if they ever convicted him and put him in prison, can you imagine what would happen in this country? You think we're split now? I mean, this president is being severely attacked in an unlawful and dishonest fashion. Everything the Democrats are doing is dishonest and unconstitutional, frankly. If the Biden crime family could throw him in a gulag, they, they, they would. He'd already have been there. But you don't see the D, uh, DOJ or the FBI going after Biden or his family because, of course, Biden heads the DOJ and the FBI. He's the head of the executive branch, so he's the boss, basically. Yes, Merrick Garland, the political hack he is, he's running the DOJ. They're too intent on going after conservative Catholics, trying to say anybody who's uh, for the Latin mass is somehow a domestic terrorist. It's, it's, it's Everything's upside down. That's how you know we need to have somebody like Donald Trump who will turn things right side up. I didn't plan on talking at all about Trump. There's so much else to talk about. But this I, every day I'm confronted with this, with this communism that we're up against. Forget socialism. Socialism's here. They're skipping right over socialism, folks. Someone once said uh, a, a communist is just a socialist in a hurry. And we're just about there. Just about there. All right. Um, I, I got sidetracked. You know, I like Ron DeSantis. I hope uh, I mentioned this before. He'd be a great vice presidential candidate, but I don't think he's going to do it. He said he's not going to accept the vice presidential uh, nod if Trump were to ask him. Anyway, Vice President Kamala Harris, she decides to visit Tennessee this week. Now, why would she do that? Well, to stir up racial strife. Why else? 
as she pitches to have these two black state Democratic uh, lawmakers reinstated after they were expelled by the uh, Tennessee, I don't know if it was the Tennessee legislature, I think it was, for taking part in this anti-gun ruckus. It was an insurrection, basically. Looked like an insurrection to me. They stirred it up. They stirred the stick. These two are troublemakers. Harris is a racialist. She or the president couldn't find the time to visit Nashville after those six Christians were gunned down by that trans terrorist. But she's down fomenting racial turmoil, trying to get these two Marxists reinstated. Anybody with a modicum of common sense can see the end game here. There were three, there are three Democrats that were expelled last week. The one was a 60-year-old white woman, and she said that that's basically why she's being reinstated, because she's white. The other two are young black men. Nonsense. Typical white liberal. Guilty. She's been reinstated. I think they're all going to be reinstated, but, but when, the, uh, when the dust settles. Can you imagine Harris fighting to have these idiots readmitted if they were white, the two young black men? She wouldn't be down there trying to get them reinstated, even, even if they were white Democrats. She would never come to Tennessee if these two young men were white. Not in a million years. Speaking of one of these Marxists, what, what this, this Justin Pearson, I guess his name is, there's, I was reading about him today. This guy is a fraud. One of the Tennessee three expelled from the state legislature. And uh, I'm going to I'm looking at a piece here from Red State and it talks about his persona. And uh, Obama was great for this. When he spoke in front of a, a group of black people, he spoke like a black preacher. He'd sing Al Green and Let's Stay Together and all that. Remember that? Phony. Typical phony. So this guy, this you know, one of these guys, Justin Pearson, evidently uh thinks he's Martin Luther King Jr. And he's using what some are describing as a Southern preacher speaking style. After he got expelled, Pearson gave a series of speeches and public appearances that had the uh, the far left weak in the knees, as it's put here in Red State. I like that turn of phrase. They thought they were seeing the organic replay of of the Civil Rights era. These guys look like they're red out of the 60s with the, with the afros. One guy's got a, a big afro and uh, the whole nine yards. But before he decided to reframe himself as a revolutionary, this guy, Pearson, is relatively well off, a a soft-spoken young man, an aspiring politician. There's a video on Red State, videos on on YouTube if you want to look at it. And uh, I guess the video was from 2016. But in democratic circles, this is called code switching. It's what Alexandria Cortez or Kamala Harris do donning Southern accents when they find themselves below the Mason-Dixon line. What Obama did when he spoke in front of black audiences. It's, you know, it's commonplace. I've, I've even seen Madonna do it. Madonna thought she was British. At one, remember that? I, I, it just kind of popped into my head. She was speaking in a British accent, Madonna, for whatever reason. She doesn't know who she is, especially now. So Pearson now uses this uh, speaking style, trying to be Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or whoever he's trying to be like. But this guy, evidently, according to reports I read today, spent a lot of time in front of a mirror practicing. And I didn't see his LinkedIn profile, but this Red State report talks about the LinkedIn profile. More evidence of a sudden transformation showing someone who wasn't all that radical not that long ago. Prior to adopting his current act, he was sponsored by Coca-Cola. He worked for NGOs, non-governmental organizations. He interned with the U.S. Congress. 
and otherwise lived what most would say would be a privileged life. Not white privilege, but, you know, black privilege. I guess he was at Princeton for a time. Princeton is uh, Michelle Obama's old alma mater. So, I mean, the Democrats, the, the Democratic Party has changed, and I think it's changed drastically in 2016 after the George Floyd riots. Maybe that, they, the riots were in 17 or 18. But the party's gone. The party of Ted Kennedy and, and Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton, is the party is no longer in existence. I'll read you the, uh, the piece here by uh, Banchi in Red State because it's, it's, per, it's excellent. This all happened around the time of the George Floyd riots. It became politically expedient to reinvent oneself as a long-oppressed, victimized revolutionary and to pretend that the country was under a dark cloud of systemic racial bigotry. It's not a coincidence that Pearson's rebirth happened during that era. He went from Brooks Brothers to Malcolm X and just in time to advance his career. There's no victimhood. There's no systemic racism. How can America be racist? We elected a black president not once, but twice. You know, as uh, someone put it, when you incentivize radicalism and faux victimhood, you end up with more of both. And neither does anything but bring destruction to America. That's the intent I would maintain. That's the whole idea. All this racial nonsense. It's to split the country apart, split the races apart, split the sexes apart with this transgenderism or whatever they're calling it, LGBTQ. When I was young, you couldn't say queer. Now they identify as queer. That's what the Q stands for. All right, one final story here, and then we got to wrap things up. There was a a report in Yahoo, Yahoo News. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I mean, a very liberal news outlet, piece by Zoe Richards. And the headline reads, Florida GOP legislator apologizes after calling transgender people mutants and demons. Now, there may not, they, I wouldn't call them demons. I think they're possessed by demons or evil spirits in many cases. Anyway, this rep, his name is Webster Barnaby, lashed out at transgender people earlier in the day at a Commerce Committee hearing on the Safety and Private Spaces Act, a bill that would criminalize using restrooms that match people's gender identities when the restrooms don't match their biological sex. The whole thing is nonsense. They're men and women, two sexes, two genders, period. There's a men's room and a woman's room or a ladies' room. Now you get, you know, all kind of different kinds of options to go to a restroom. But this is what he said. Barnaby said, we have people who live among us today on planet Earth that are happy to display themselves as if they were mutants from another planet. This is the planet Earth in which God created men, male, and women, female. That's right, I called you demons and imps who come and parade before us and pretend that you were part of this world. He added, I would like to apologize to the trans community for referring to you as demons. Well, they are possessed. You know, I was watching a a video, I got uh, surfing on YouTube, and I saw a video by uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Guy's brilliant. Uh, I, I had a chance to interview him once or twice, many years ago when I had a radio show in Albany. And he breaks it down, this seven, eight-minute video, breaks down the the forces at work in this transgender movement, this LGBTQ movement. And it's it's unbelievable. They are There are spirits, and they've possessed a lot of young Americans. These people are trying to indoctrinate our young people, these transgender people. The, the girl who shot up those six people in Nashville was a, a trans terrorist. 
I mean, you have these cross-dressers at, at local libraries twerking in front of young kids. I mean, what, that's, if that's not demonic, what is? What is? Look for him. Jonathan Kahn. And uh, he lays it right out. I, I, I just, I loved it. I'm going to look at it again tomorrow. I wish I had more time. There's a couple of stories here. There are a couple of stories I didn't get to. One just talks about this, uh, this uh, cannabis rollout here in New York State. Of course, recreational cannabis is now uh, legal. But the rollout, it's been slow. And I, there, there's, a, there's some veterans groups who are claiming that they're being skipped over. The Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Action Act that legalized the recreational sale of weed designated five social and economic equity classes to get 50% of employment opportunities in this budding pot industry. But I guess a lot of veterans are being t- glossed over. They're being leapfrogged by by, by felons, people who were uh, arrested for, for drug use, basically. So advocates are saying Kathy Hochul's administration is discriminating against disabled military vets by prioritizing convicted drug felons when awarding the licenses to sell marijuana. I wouldn't doubt it. Democrats are pro-criminal. But we'll, we'll follow up on this in the next show. If you like what you heard, hit like, by all means. If you didn't like what you heard, then don't hit like. But if you did like it, Hit like, hit subscribe, and hit share, and tell your friends about this uh, weekly podcast we do called the Pac-Man Podcast with me, Ted Flint. And to check out all the fine podcasters we have for you on the BMG Network. And if you want to contact me directly, it's Pac-Man, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the BMGnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thanks for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. <laughs>